Well, let's go to the book of Daniel chapter number six, beginning at verse number one. I want to know, do you feel like talking back to the preacher today? Come on, I need, I need, I need to know. I, I need some of my Baptist, Pentecostal, Church of God in Christ, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Catholic, no church. I need everybody to talk back to me today because I believe there's a word from the Lord. Daniel chapter six, beginning at verse number one, it says, and it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So Daniel distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. I like that. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy watch this neither corrupt nor negligent finally these men said we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God I want to stop the reading of scripture right there and tag a title to this text. Here's the topic of today's teaching, family. Surviving these streets. Somebody clap your hands if you're trying to survive these streets. <laughs> the amazing artist and gentle genius, the ultimate expression of articulate acumen, Michelangelo is credited with this quote. He said, the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but our aim is too low and we reach it. If I were to translate this quote in contemporary terms, I would simply suggest this. Let me see if I can get 12 of you to talk back to me. You are too anointed to be average. There it is. You are too radical to be regular. And you are too special to be simple. You've been created, called, and commissioned to stand up, to stick out. Let me see if I got any old school worshipers and set it off. <laughs> I didn't hear anybody for the glory of God. Somebody shout, set it off. Yeah, if you don't want it set off, leave me alone. If you don't want it set off, don't dial my number. If you don't want it set off, don't text me. If you don't want it to blow up from the flow up, don't call me. If you don't want it to go to the next level, leave me out of it. Because when I step in the room, I don't come in the room to take sides. I come in the room to take over. And the sisters should definitely be celebrating with me today because this is Women's History Month. And I know I got some history-making sisters in the room today. I, 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 I 
know I got some sisters who understand your value, not just culturally, but because you're a part of this house, you understand your value theologically. You understand that when God made all of the created order, he created, then stepped back and evaluated and said, it's good. On the first day, he created, stepped back and evaluated and said, it's good. On the second day, he created, stepped back and evaluated and said, it's good. On the third day, he created, stepped back and evaluated and said, it's good. On the fourth day, he created, stepped back and evaluated and said, it's good. On the fifth day, he created, stepped back and evaluated and said, it's good. But on the sixth day, he created man, stepped back and evaluated and said, it's not good that man should be alone. I got to make a helper. So he put man to sleep reached into the womb of man, pulled out a rib and made woman. Not just because Adam needed a wife, it's because humanity needed women. You've been designed to help. You've been anointed to help. When you walk in the room, some people don't even know it, help just showed up. I need some sister that knows who you are to just open your mouth and say help is here. You give me a house, I'll turn it into a home. Help is here. We must understand and embrace our assignment as men and women. Listen to me. To not just be church goers. Do you think God, who's the ultimate expression of stewardship and wise investments, has made all the investments he's made in you just so you could go to church? Do you think he kept you through everything he kept you through just so you could go to church? Do you think you survived? Where are my survivors? Do you think you survived everything you survived just for you to go to church? You are not sane in the membrane if you believe that. God has been keeping you, providing for you, protecting you, looking out for you, not just because you are a church goer. He said, I'm making this kind of investment because you're a world changer. That was weak. That was weak. World changers have a sound. Y'all not making no, no. I said world changers has a sound. It's not a passive sound. It's not a weak sound. It's a sound that lets the gates of hell know I'm coming. For the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. You're too anointed to be average. You're too radical to be regular. You're too special to be simple. You are too significant to reduce your impact that you've been called and created to make to the four walls of a space. 
you are not salt of the church. Y'all are not talking to me in the... I said you are not salt of the church. You are not light of the church. I don't know if y'all ready for this. Your anointing is not just for church. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. God wants to use church to make you but he needs you to know you were made for more than the church. He says, I'm going to use church to make you who I called you to be so you can go out in these streets and do what I called you to do. You made by the church, but you made for the streets. And when I say streets, I mean society. I mean territory. I mean your mission field. Some people feel like their mission field is halfway apart across the world, not realizing you're, you've been called to be a missionary to the street you've been assigned to. Come on, I taught you last week, there are seven streets that you've been assigned to. There's the religious street, there's the family street, there's the education street, there's the wellness street, there's the arts, entertainment, and media street, there's the government street, and there's the business street come on and talk to me and everybody has been assigned y'all aren't talking to me you've been anointed you've been called as Jesus said to occupy until I come I know we don't normally do this but I feel a little churchy on me today just high five somebody and tell them occupy all streets we want all streets Yet the devil just want us to stay in the church street, clapping our hands and having church. But God's raising up some undercover agents that's gonna go into the education street, into the wellness street, into the government street, and occupy until he comes. The reason we can't change the world is because we standing in our street screaming at other people in other streets telling them what they need to do to change the street salt can't change food until it get in it y'all better come get me today I said salt cannot change food until it get in it and God's trying to sprinkle you and sprinkle me into some places that won't change unless you get in it. I ain't gonna deal with this today. We'll talk about this later in the series, but I wanna know, are you scared of it? See, I, I, cause some salt is only comfortable in the salt shaker. But the Bible says, if you salt, if you are only comfortable in the salt shaker, I don't know if y'all can handle what Jesus said. He said, you good for nothing. You don't believe in me. I, you don't believe me. Huh? You, you don't believe what I'm telling you. I've been reading this Bible. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. 
but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything. Y'all not talking to me? God said, I've, I've got church so that you can be equipped and comforted and nurtured and refueled and repaired so that you can go back out into your street, your mission field, and do three things. I taught you this last week. Go out to your street and number one, own your street. Watch this. Remember, you can't allow people to criticize how you were made when they don't know what you were made for. I need somebody that know how to talk back to the preacher. I, I said, I said, listen to me. You can't allow people to criticize how you've been made when they don't know what you've been made for. And everybody's got opinions about your assignment, but they weren't involved in the conversation God had with you about your calling. So instead of judging my street, y'all not. Here it is. If people have issue with the street you've been assigned to, don't you tell them to talk to you. Tell them to talk to your supervisor. I need somebody to talk back to me today and say, talk to my supervisor. You wondering why I'm on this street? I'm wondering why I'm on this street too. You wondering how I got here? I'm wondering how I got here too. You think I don't deserve it. I know I don't deserve it. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all he's done for me. High five somebody and tell them on your street. On your street. Improve your street. See, some people want appeasement. They don't want improvement. But you've been called to improve your street. You've been called to evangelize your street. <clears throat> your example is going to create interest from other people. And their interest becomes your opportunity to point them to the source of your success. You understand what I'm saying? You don't evangelize your street by throwing a Bible on everybody's desk. You live the word with your life. And your life is going to create opportunities for them to express interests. Nicodemus is going to come to you at night. Own your street, improve your street, evangelize your street. But there's something I need to tell you. Can I tell you? That's weak. Y'all didn't say yes. I said that there's something I need to tell you. Can I tell you? <laughs> Here it is. Here, I, I got to tell you this because remember, whatever area you're ignorant in, you suffer in. So I got to tell you this, right? Ignorance is expensive. Yeah, it costs you more than it should when you don't know. 
So I got to tell you this, right? The Bible says when we are ignorant of Satan's devices, he gets an advantage over us. So I got to tell you this. Here it is, here it is. To be uninformed is to be unprepared. So I got to tell you this. When you are in these streets, owning your street, improving your street, and evangelizing your street, you will not only make an impact, you will also attract unique adversity. See, I don't want to tell you that you've been called to the streets without preparing you for what's waiting on you when you get in these streets doing God's business. As long as you are not a threat to the agenda of the adversary, he will not uniquely intervene in the affairs of your life. But once you make a decision to actually start taking territory for the kingdom, you attract unique adversity that the Bible describes as a phenomenon called spiritual warfare. Y'all aren't talking to me. And when I throw out a term like that, people think spooky and they think weird and they think exorcisms and they don't realize that sometimes an evil supernatural being like Satan uses common natural things as instruments of warfare to get you off your street. But I want to know, am I talking to anybody that's got some spiritual stubbornness? See, watch this, because some of you were told you need to stop being so stubborn. And I'm telling you, there are some things about you that God don't want you to remove. He just wants you to let him redeem. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> yeah, he said, I don't want you to remove all that stubbornness. I just need to let you to let me redeem that stubbornness so you can use that stubbornness in the right way for the right thing. When it comes to the devil messing with your children, you need to be stubborn. When it comes to the devil coming after your marriage, you need to be stubborn. When it comes to you believing God for your healing, you need to be stubborn. When it comes to you giving up on the promises of God, you need to be stubborn. You need to stand flat-footed and say, I will be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, I want to make sure you properly prepare for the adversity waiting on you in the streets. I, 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 I want to say to you, like Peter said, don't think it's strange concerning these fiery trials that have come to test you. Are y'all here? Yeah, see, see this, is, this is so important. I can't tell you to occupy a street without teaching you how to survive it. Talk back to me, please. I said, I can't teach you how to occupy a street without teaching you how to survive it. And I found a case study in the Bible. 
I found a powerful picture of this principle personified in a prophet named Daniel who was assigned to the government street. He never worked in church. Y'all not talking to me. Y'all not talking to me. I said he never worked in church which shows that his spiritual gifting, which was prophetic ministry, was not limited to the four walls of a building. If your gift only work in church, that's not a gift, you playing a game. But when that thing is on you, it'll be on you in the pharmacy. It'll be on you on a Zoom. It'll be on you in a break room. Is there anybody here that's saying I'm too old to be playing games? God, wherever you want to use me, I want you to use me. He was a seer in the streets because you need prophetic gifting in government. I ain't even have time to deal with this. Because what the enemy does is the enemy elevates and accentuates abuses of gifts to the degree that the gifts now become unattractive. So because when I say like prophetic, I know what y'all thinking. Y'all thinking somebody's selling you some water. You thinking the dudes on TV when you can't sleep at night. Oh y'all, is this too real? Let me go. Come on, that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, this guy's on TV trying to sell me some water from Jerusalem. Y'all are not talking to me. So you see those abuses and you assume something's wrong with the gift. So you avoid the gift because the devil's highlighting the abuses. But when you avoid the gift, you rob yourself of something that God wants to use to bless the body. But the enemy knows if I call some people to abuse it, most people will avoid it. And I don't even know why I'm here because this is not even in my notes. But the most significant moves I have ever made in my life were always confirmed by some kind of prophetic prompting. I ain't even got time to tell. So I, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Okay, so. <laughs> but he's a seer who used his gift in his street. If I had a prophetic gift, I would want to use that in business. God, show me a trend like you did Joseph. <laughs> Are y'all okay? Is this a, yeah. God, you showed Joseph seven years of plenty. Then you showed him seven years of famine. But you not only gave him prophetic insight into the future, you gave him wisdom on what to do with it. So he had prophetic gifted, but he had the gift of wisdom to say, during the seven years of plenty, we not about to ball till we fall. No, 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 no. I know y'all not, y'all not, y'all too. Y'all too old for this, but... I'm, not, I'm, I'm too old for this. Some of y'all too young for this. I know this is before your time, but yeah, during the seven years of, of, of plenty, we're not going to be walking around talking about bling, bling. Every time I come around my city, bling, bling. 
pinky ring are worth about 50 bling bling. Every time I buy a new ride, bling bling. I'm looking at the young people, they like, huh? I'm sorry. I don't know what y'all rappers be saying. I'm sorry. I, I'm like, huh? I, I don't understand. What? Is he crying? What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Daniel was a man who knew how to work his gift in the street. But I want you to see something. Daniel's typically immediately associated with his experience in the lion's den. We talk about God's miraculous deliverance that he provided for Daniel in the lion's den. But today, I want us to look at the text from a different angle. I don't want to talk about the fact he was in the lion's den. Can I teach it like I feel it? Yeah. I said, can I teach it like I feel it? Yeah. yeah. I, I want to talk about how he got in there. Because he didn't just run in there. He didn't just leap in there. My question is, how did he get in there? The text tells us how he got in there. He was using his gifts in his street. Y'all not ready for this? He is the only believer in the king's cabinet. See, y'all not. Some of you, some of you, you got to understand you got the assignment of only. Because you keep walking in rooms and you're looking around and you're like, I'm the only. Come on. Come on, I, I, I'm the only believer. I'm the only man. I'm the only woman. I'm the only person of color. You, you got the anointing of only. God said, I pick you because I know you can handle the pressure of being the only. I pick you because I know you've got enough fortitude and character to be the only and still be yourself. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Daniel was the only, but he was still himself. Daniel like, oh, you think I'm about to uh, violate the ethics that come from the one who put me here because I got here? You, oh, so you think once I get here, I'm going to forget who brought me here? So you think God's if I'm the only, it means I shouldn't even be here. Y'all missed it. I'm going to say it one more time. If I'm the only, I shouldn't even be here. 
So the fact that I'm here is evidence of God's providence. The fact that I'm here is a miracle. The fact that I'm here is an indication that God put me here. And as long as God put me here, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And I'm going to be who God's called me to be. I got to go. But I want to know, am I talking to anybody that's got the anointing of only on your life? If you're scared, say you're scared. But I'm looking for some people that are not afraid to say, if I'm not the only, there will never be others. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, you got to be the Daniel to say, once I get in here, I'm bringing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with me. Y'all not talking to me. Once I get in here, once I get in this street, I'm going to open the door for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's the only. And the Bible says the king elevates him because of his exceptional qualities. One translation says the king elevates him because of his spirit of excellence. Because excellence is an asset we all need in these streets. But I don't know if y'all ready for this. I said I don't know if y'all ready for this. I said, I don't know if y'all ready for this. His excellence led to his advancement, but his advancement was agitating for his contemporaries. And because his temporaries were not inundated with excitement over his advancement, as opposed to engaging in celebration, they start engaging in hateration. They weren't celebrating. They started hating. Y'all missed it. They were fine with Daniel as long as they were on the same level. Come on. But when the king said, I'm going to put Daniel over everybody, it's a revelation that some people can only handle your success on a certain level. They don't mind you winning as long as it don't look like you winning more than them. Y'all not talking to me. This is why when you start winning, they clapping. They like, go ahead, go ahead. Then you keep winning. They like, go ahead, go ahead. And you keep winning. They like, go ahead, go ahead. And you keep winning like you changing. And you need to look back at them and say, and you not. And that's the problem. You want me to stay low so that we can stay together. The devil is a liar. I cried too long. I prayed too hard. I worked too much. I went to school. I started my business. I ain't going back. But when you see how God is using Daniel in the streets, you see this is not workplace pettiness. 
this is a satanic scheme that is manifesting in workplace pettiness. Did you hear what I said? I said it, it, it looks on the surface like it's just workplace pettiness. Corporate posturing. But it is actual, in actuality, it is a satanic scheme. It is spiritual warfare that is manifesting in workplace pettiness. Those thoughts, I ain't even got time to deal with this, y'all. I ain't even got time. But the thoughts that the people were feeling, were thinking, that created the feelings that these people were feeling, that produced the actions that these people engaged in, were thoughts that were placed in their mind by the devil. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Thoughts placed in their mind by the devil, a lie or a limiting belief uh, that caused them to feel that, like they were handled unjustly, like Daniel didn't deserve this, like they should be in that seat instead of him. They probably like, I'm gifted, but the Bible didn't just say Daniel was gifted. It said he was excellent. Your gifting is a competency. Excellence is a quality. And so some people, y'all not talking to me. Yeah, and so some people, uh, watch this, some people may have great gifts, but they don't have high quality. And so when, that, when there's not excellence in character, come on, then at some point, people will get in the way, the consequences of your character versus the contribution of your gift. And they'll get to a point and say, as gifted as you are, if I got to deal with this to deal with that, I'd rather not have it. And that's why some gifted people are not gaining ground because they don't understand that poor character overrides the contribution of a good gift. Keep your gift, give me peace of mind. If I got to have this headache to have your gift, keep your gift. Is this too spicy? We talking spicy today. It manifests in workplace pettiness in the street. Whatever your street is, there's going to be a satanic scheme that manifests in something that's normal. Something that's always been happening in that environment but the devil uniquely orchestrates it's the animus specifically toward you when you don't deserve it. Daniel is bothering nobody. So he wondering, why are you bothering me? He say, y'all competing. I'm not even playing the game. I'm too old to compete. You trying to be the best, you win. I want somebody to talk back to me. You win.
it manifests, this satanic scheme manifests in stuff Daniel got to survive. He's a seer that has to become a survivor. And he has to survive what his success brings. Y'all missed it? This is what God's trying to get some of you ready for. You know how to survive struggle. You don't know how to survive what come with success. Did you hear what I just said? Most of us, I knew how to survive struggle. I was blindsided about what I had to survive when it came to success. And all of the agitation that you deal with before your success, God uses as preparation so that you're ready to deal with what you got to deal with after your success. The reason David could handle Saul's spears in the palace is because he defeated the lion and the bear in the pasture. And God's like, all this stuff I've been taking you through before I get you to where I'm taking you is to get you ready for what's waiting on you when I take you where I'm taking you. Because some of you have been wondering, why am I going through all of this? God, I feel like I'm under attack and I'm done. I ain't even got nothing. <laughs> You're like, what the devil bothered me for? Because <laughs> many of us are not, we hadn't been equipped to survive success and when I say success what comes with it watch what Dave, Daniel had to deal with he had to deal with persecution his excellence was a mirror to their mediocrity so it only left them with two options be inspired by him or be jealous of him and jealousy is mismanaged exposure it's when, it's when you become intimidated by something that God put in front of you to inspire you not to, not to have what he did for them but to pursue what he has for you so this jealousy produces unnecessary hostility he just trying to do his job and has to deal with animus and hostility and persecution but there's no way you can carry out your assignment on your street without having to deal with persecution can you survive that And persecution isn't always physical. A lot of it nowadays is verbal. Are you able to overcome and to withstand the influence of opinions from people? 
who do not share your values and don't understand your assignment. You got to survive that in these streets. You got to survive passive aggressiveness. Everything they did, they did behind Daniel back. Let me quit preaching because I almost got triggered right there. Let me stop. That's one thing. I, I, see, they didn't blatantly attack him, but they subliminally threw shade. Slick remarks backhanded compliments inappropriate jokes are all expressions of people who don't have the courage to articulate what they're authentically feeling and the enemy wants to use their passive aggressiveness to bait you into aggressiveness but somebody say it won't work You're trying to get me out of character. You realize that you can't sabotage my success. You realize I'm the only one that can sabotage my success. So you are baiting me. Because you want your passive aggressiveness to make me aggressive. You got to deal with persecution, passive aggressiveness. And you're going to have to deal with some plotting. People that don't like each other will come together when they don't like you. But their plotting can't stop God's plan. Because I got to go. Because while they work it, remember, it's warfare. But here's the problem. I ain't even got time. Guys, I got to teach this stuff. Warfare, this is what you got to see. When you think warfare, most of y'all think you and the devil. I ain't even got time, Brother Brock. But in the story of David and Goliath, yes, yeah, sometimes we see our David, ourselves as David. But most of the time, we're not David. We Israel. We scared. And our David, Jesus defeats our Goliath, the devil. So while the, so while the enemy is fighting you on this side, you're not fighting the enemy by yourself. So while they persecuting and they're passive aggressive and they plotting on one end, God's working on the other end. And God's like the devil is not the only one that's busy. I'm busy too. And this is what, the, what God did for Daniel. He promoted him. He protected him. And then he preserved him. I don't know what you're dealing with. And I don't know what you're going through in your street. But I want you to know the devil's not the only one that's busy. God is busy too. And God's getting ready to promote you. God's getting ready to protect you. Because they tried to find something on Daniel and they couldn't. And then God's getting ready to preserve you. What he doesn't protect you from, he preserves you in. He didn't keep Daniel out the lion's den, but he shut the mouth of a lion. And when you're assigned to be on your street, you can walk amongst lions and not be bitten. Don't let 
the enemy push you off your street. You got to survive these streets. Because the enemy doesn't want Daniels on some of these streets. Because when you get in there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is coming behind you. I got to go. But the degree of your spiritual warfare is not based on your view of yourself. This is why your warfare don't make sense to you. Because you don't see yourself in a way that warrants the warfare you're dealing with. But the degree of warfare you're dealing with is based on what God's put in you that the devil sees that you don't yet. And he said, I got to do everything I can to keep these people off their street or to run them off this street because they don't deal because they don't want to deal with the agitation that comes with staying on assignment. People don't talk about that. Sometimes your assignment is agitating. But commitment is revealed in the face of inconvenience. You don't know if you really committed until it's hard to be. You're not committed if you have to be. You committed when you choose to be. You committed when you say, I don't have to take this, but I will because I'm assigned here. And if God be for me, he's more than the world against me. Clap your hands all over the house, y'all. Come on. Give him praise. You glad you came to church today? I said you glad you came to church today. Come on, everybody standing. Every location.